0: And we're just gonna continue in the series of joy, choosing joy. So everybody look at the person next to you and say, I'm joyful. Oh, that was very sad. Let's do that again. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm joyful. joyful. And today I'm gonna get even more joy. Yes yes and for those that are watching online you can tell your cat or your dog or your bird yes so we're continuing in philippians we're going to go into chapter two today and as i was processing what pastor brett talked about last week in philippians chapter one he set the background for us with paul and where paul was when he was writing his letters from the book of Philippi in the book of philippians and i don't know how many of you guys know what jails are like or prison some of you may help with the ministries that are there or you've watched on television but they pretty much have water they have food you know it's not the best environment of course but it's a lot better than where Paul was when he was in prison I mean this guy was in a place where there were probably well not probably we know there were no toilets right um, there was no water source there were not it, it was just terrible environment that he was in chained to someone every day no privacy and yet here's a guy writing to us about having joy in being humble and he's one of the most humble people that you can read about just because of the circumstance that he's in and where he's talking about joy and I can tell by looking at some of us today that we need to hear this message don't we because we need to understand like what humility means because as I was thinking about this this week I found some confusion in myself with humility. Sometimes I think of humility as being something on the outside, how I dress or how I act, and it's not about any of that, so I'm going to help you with that today. One of the quotes I put on your notes today is by a great author, C.S. Lewis. He wrote a book, Mere Christianity, it's one of my favorite books, and the quote says, true humility is not thinking less of yourself, it is thinking of yourself less. It's not thinking less of yourself, not putting yourself down. But it's thinking of yourself less, no matter what you're in the midst of. So we, uh, some of us know, some of us, some of us may not know, the Church of the Nazarene believes in sanctification and holiness. And we want to become holier people and we should all, every denomination should want to become more holy with God. And that starts with a process in our hearts. And the only way we can really, really get started on this whole humility thing is to confront some things in our heart to take the first step in humility. Confronting some things that are there that we don't really know are there because they've kind of blended in with our lifestyle and who we are and how we behave. So I've got some precursors here this morning for you on how to be joyful and how do we really keep joy in humility. So if you brought your Bibles today or the the words will be up here on the screen. Pastor Brett usually uses the NIV. I'm going to use the message. How many of you are familiar with the message? All right. It's a good version. It's easy to read. It's like almost like they're telling you a story. So that's what we're going to read from today. Verses 1 through 3, we're going to read that together. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, If being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor, agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends, don't push your way to the front, don't sweet-talk your way to the top. So one of the first precursors of being joyful is to eliminate selfish competition. And wow, how many of you in this room would say, I'm a competitive person? I knew it. See, all the hands should have went up, but we don't want to talk about that. From the time we're five years old up to right now, we've all competed in something, haven't we? We've all gotten into that competitive thing in our lives. However, competition isn't always bad. It can go that way, but it's not always bad. But, you know, when we're trying to push ourselves to the front, that's when it becomes selfish competition versus just competing. Selfish competition. And when we think about the love that Jesus Christ had for us when he went to the cross for us, and he says, do do unto others as I've done unto you, there's no selfish competition in that, is there? How many of you are running to the cross to get nailed to it? There's no competition in Jesus. Getting to the top, you know, is a hard life to live. And that's what our culture is really all about. It's about making our way to the top. How do we get more? How do we become better? How do I have more stuff? How do I have more degrees? How do I have to drive a better car? How do I have my kids have a better life, do bigger things? It's all about getting to the top. And that's a hard life to live, always competing and comparing ourselves with others. And the Bible says we're supposed to agree and to get along. And when we do that, it eliminates that selfish competition, Now let's talk about selfishness for just a moment. Selfishness is something that none of us think we are. I'm not selfish, I give. I give my time, I give my money, I give my life. I do this, I do that, I'm not selfish. How many of you think you're not selfish? I don't think I'm selfish. You guys don't wanna raise your hands anymore. You're scared of what I'm gonna say. I don't blame you one bit. I was afraid to put my hand up this week about this. But selfishness is something that we all really do, we do have some of that in our lives if we really look in to where we're at. And it's not always such a bad, bad thing to look inward and to say, hey, i got to move a few things around, make some changes. But the thing is, if we ignore it, we stay stuck where we are. Selfishness can keep us stuck because we're always thinking that we have to be better. We have to have more degrees. We have to have a better life. We have to have more money. We have to have a better house. We have to have a better car. And competition comes alongside with selfishness. And competition says, I've got to compete with everybody around me. So here's what happens with that. We can't form authentic relationships with people because we're always competing with them. We're always wanting to be better than somebody else, so it's blocking out who we really are. We're afraid to be who we really are because of that competitiveness, that selfish competitiveness. So let's see what verse 4 says here. Verse 4 says, Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. I love that last part, lend a helping hand. I've never said that until I did this message version, but I love that, lend a helping hand. But the second precursor to being joyful is to say goodbye to vain conceit. To say goodbye to vain conceit. And I tell you, we're still not sitting here going, oh, I'm so vain. I have a lot of vanity. I'm very vain. No, we don't think that way. We think, you know, we're, 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 we're selfless. We give. We sacrifice. But let's just take a look at at vain conceit. What does that really mean? Sometimes vain conceit can happen to us by accident. We can become self-absorbed by accident. It can be our circumstances that we're in. You know, maybe we struggle with physical pain in our bodies and it's something that we deal with day after day after day. Maybe Maybe we're stuck in a financial difficulty or our family is having some serious issues and we're trying to work through all of that with our kids and with our family. And those types of things can make us get stuck and they can make us only think about us. And I think of our pastor here, you know, and his wife what they've been going through and how selfless they've been. How he comes up here and does this and let me tell you I've done this 3 times a day plus Friday night. It's a lot and he's doing that and you would never know you know because of how he's giving and how they give their time but you know vain conceit we can get stuck there and we don't even realize it we compare ourselves we we're comparing ourselves and we're looking at other people and when we're looking at other people it leads to a life of being selfish because then it's all about us I'm only looking at me because I'm comparing myself to everyone else and reading about Jesus in the New Testament you can see the man clearly had a ministry. Did he not? He had a, a healing ministry. He had a deliverance ministry. He had no title. He didn't want that. He didn't want a ministry title. He tried to blend in with everybody else. He tried to be a part of the congregation. He tried to be a part, I'm using in our church, Try to be a part of the church. He tried to be a part of the community, sitting with the sinners, giving food to the poor, loving on people, praying for people. He didn't want the title. You know, you can be really prideful and have no money at all and have no schooling at all. You can also be very prideful and have lots of money and lots of degrees hanging on your wall. Because you see, humility isn't about any of that. Pride is, pride is the opposite of humility, and humility has nothing to do with those things. Humility is about our hearts and what we're doing and how we're serving. And I, I, this week I was reading an article about Sam Walton. Do you guys know who Sam Walton is? He's the founder of Walmart. An amazing guy. Because he ended up making billions. And you guys know Walmart is still making billions, right? Right? But he set out on a course to say, I want to help people. I want them to be able to shop and be able to afford the things that they're purchasing. He served as a Sunday school teacher in his church. He gave money to his church from the business of Walmart. And do you know, he said he rarely had employees that stole in his company, from his company, whether it be time, money, products, whatever, because he was always... About helping his employees get ahead. He was always all about making sure they got a good bonus or a pat on the back or a thank you for what they were doing. He always put them ahead of himself. And that's what we're supposed to do in our life in serving is put others ahead of ourselves. Lend a helping hand. Some of us think, you know, I don't have a degree. I don't, I'm not a Bible scholar, I'm not a pastor. I hear that so much you don't have to be a pastor to lead a group you don't have to know the whole Bible to love someone to hold their hand to to tell them hey you're gonna get through this it's gonna be okay to hand out a worship folder in our lobby out there when there's nobody standing out there to change a diaper Oh Lord, Lord help us if we have to do that right some of us no it doesn't take a lot of talent for that but if there's a need, we fill it, we serve. You know, some of you in the room are, are older than I am. Just say that, older than I am. And I value you. Thank you, Marcus. Put his hand up back there. Thank you. I value you. I value the wisdom that you have. You know, they say with, with um, growing older, you get more wisdom. You get wiser. You've been through things younger people haven't gone through. That's amazing. You know, your best years are ahead of you. They're not behind you with God So using that talent to serve others and put them first is amazing. So let's read verse 5 through 8. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what, not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave and became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Now, let's think about this picture. Here's a guy, Jesus, comes to this earth. He's honored and he's called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Jews worship him. They say, You know, holy are you? You're the King of Kings. He could have taken advantage of that and said, Yes, I think I am holy. Please give me the golden crown with the jewels and the purple robe, and I shall have a golden staff and a mansion to live in, and I would like a title, please. He didn't do any of that. He didn't. He put that all aside. He knew in his heart, in his mind, he knew I have that because I'm connected to the source, which is God. But I don't need to put that as my title. I don't need to show that off. I just want to wash feet. I just want to help people. I just want to help other people get ahead in their life, in their walk. I want to lift them up. That's Jesus, folks, and that's who we serve. That's who we're supposed to be like. You know, Muhammad Ali died, and it's a big deal, and everybody's talking about it, and it's all over the news, and there's so many quotes, and he had some great, great, great quotes himself. However, there was a quote that really stuck out to me that was said by a friend that hung out with him. And he said, anytime I was around Muhammad Ali, I always felt taller, bigger, and stronger And I thought, you know, that's awesome. Because that's how we should be about our God. Not in a prideful way, but in a humble way. Like I can do all this serving. I can serve other people. I can lay down my life because I serve a big God. And his power is inside of me. (laughs) Amen. But yeah, Jesus wasn't concerned about his status. He wasn't concerned at all because he knew, he knew he walked with God. And that's the way we should be and that's what separates us from people in the world who don't know Jesus. People in this world who don't know God, who are struggling and striving and wasting precious energy trying to get ahead when all they need to do is surrender and yield to God and say, I'll be used by you. Use these hands to clean a toilet if you need it. Use these hands to change a tire. Use these hands to carry groceries out of the grocery store for the little old lady that's on the walker. So one of my favorite people to talk about is Mother Teresa because she is just woo-hoo way up there, isn't she? Like you can't even compare yourself to her. Amazing woman. And she, she said, these are a few ways we can practice humility, to speak as little as possible of oneself. When I just read that one thing, I'm like, oh man, I need to bow my head on that one. You know, how many times do we mention ourselves, our accomplishments, what we do, who we are, instead of listening to the person in front of us who's trying to tell us they're hurting, they're broken, they need a prayer, they need a word of encouragement for the day. She says, to mind one's own business, not to want to manage other people's affairs, to avoid curiosity, to accept contradictions and corrections cheerfully. Boy, that one's really hard. To pass over the mistakes of others, to accept insults and injuries, to accept being slighted, forgotten, and disliked, to be kind and gentle, even under provocation, never to stand on one's dignity and to always choose the hardest. Wow, folks, that's humility. All those things, that's humility. And you may say, well, I'll never be that. Well, I'm saying that too. I'll never be that, but I'm always going to strive. I always want to try to be that way. I always want to be humble. So let's read verses 9 through 11. And as we read this, these last few verses together... I want you to focus on the first part of the scripture because it's the most important piece. The first sentence. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high. He lifted him far beyond anyone or anything ever so that all created things in heaven and on earth, even those long ago, dead and buried, will bow and worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. God will lift us up if we'll honor him. He will reward us. If you're afraid of not getting noticed or you're afraid that no one cares or no one's thinking about you, God sees what you do, and he will honor that. And I tell you, his rewards are way better than the pastor's pat on a back or someone saying, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's just so much better when he's the one giving it to you because you feel like, wow, I've done something right. I, my conscience feels good. My heart feels good. I, I feel good about this. James 4, 6 says he opposes the proud but he gives favor and grace to the humble. I don't know about you guys, but I can use a whole lot of grace and favor my way. So if all it takes is being humble to get that, well, my goodness, I wanna be more humble. I wanna serve God more. I wanna lay down my life more for other people. So how do we do this? How do we, Let's take some action steps this morning for continuing our joy, to continue to be joyful. What are these steps that we should take? The first one is to be expectant and energetic. Verse 12 through 13 says, what I'm getting at friends, and this is again Paul talking, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've been doing from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in a responsive obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this one really big. Be energetic in your life of salvation. Look like you carry Jesus. Be reverent and sensitive before God. The energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you, God Himself willing and working at what will give Him the most pleasure. When we come to church, folks, we are coming together to serve God, to serve others. To help grow the church, to reach the community, we should come in expectant and excited, not because of Starbucks. Now, I love Starbucks. I drink it all the time. David makes me a cup of Starbucks every morning. (laughs) But let me tell you, that caffeine high wears off. But Jesus, deep down inside of us, won't wear off. And that's where our energy and our excitement has to come from. But see, what I'm seeing is that we are all so busy, and I'm guilty of this myself. We're all so busy trying to get ahead and trying to do the wrong things. Like, we, we think we're, we're going in the right direction. I mean, we're serving God, but are we really doing it out of humility? Are we just laying down our life and saying, God, just use me. Use me where you need me because that's where it said the grace and the favor will fall on the humble and that means we'll have a fire burning so deep in us that even if we're tired on the outside cuz I wake up in the mornings and I don't want to get out of bed a lot of times I'm tired my physical body is tired but that inside that fire burning inside of us lights up and gives us that energy from God and that comes through serving so That brings me to to number two, the next action step is be willing to serve God anywhere. Be willing to serve Him anywhere, at any given moment, at any given time. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second-guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted. A breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living of God. Carry the light giving message in tonight so that I'll have a good cause to be proud of you on the day Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go through all this work for nothing. If we aren't carrying a light, who is? We live in a culture, in a world that's bound down by being so busy and so tired. But we are Christians. We have a light inside of us and a message that gives hope to the world that we live in. We want to carry that out to other people and serve anywhere we can. You know, I'll be the first to say I go to public sometimes. (laughs) I've already confessed it in two services. I might as well do it here. I go to public sometimes and and I pray before I get out of the car. God, I don't want to see anybody in here. I don't want to see anybody, just please God, just, I don't want to see anyone. And I feel this conviction come on me like, what are you saying, you know? And I'm like, I just need a break, I just don't want to see anybody, you know? And I'll get in there and here comes the bad boy taking me out to my car and he's limping because his legs hurt. And he's like, how are you today, ma'am? And he's all cheerful and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm good, I'm better than you are so I need to talk to you, probably pray for you, you know? So I start talking to the guy and pray for him and all of a sudden this joy wells up inside of me where I didn't feel like it and I didn't want to. The minute I prayed for him, the minute I served God and gave something to him, this joy and this fire came into me. And I was so happy and so excited about it that I invited the guy to church and I'm like, you need to come to church with me. And he goes, I already go to your church. I'm like, yes. (laughs) You know? just so cool, though, how that happens. He'll give us grace. He'll give us favor if we'll serve. There's so many people in our church that are serving right now that nobody even knows about, people behind the scenes, you know, people who do things in our church that they pray for people. They go into our prisons and our jails. You know, Mark Holbert, who has Hulbert Holmes, who we know he has great homes here in our community, right? And the guy runs around in tights, for goodness sake, like an elf at Lights of Lakeland. And he doesn't care who knows it. I mean, the guy's pouring sweat, you know, we have to hydrate him. And how many of you guys are putting on, you know, the costumes for the, for the Lights of Lakeland and serving? And God just wants us to do that. And he wants us to do that in our community, Wherever we are, whether we're at the grocery store, at the mall, in our church, outside of our church, he wants us to serve. So I'm going to ask this morning our um, servers to come forward. We're going to prepare this morning for something that is the greatest example of humility. Jesus going to the cross for us and how when we take communion together, we're remembering that moment with him. We're remembering how. Jesus served and served and served, and then his ultimate sacrifice was giving himself on a cross. And you know, if you get nothing else out of this message today, except to hear that everything you have to give is coming from the Lord when it's done in humility, when it's done in love, when it's done in compassion, it's coming from him through you to another person. And how awesome is that? Let's pray. God, thank you for for sending Jesus here to this earth to show us how to live a selfless life. And help us, God, to see in our own lives where we've been consumed and and it's not on purpose. God, and you already know that. We have hurts and we have things that we walk through, difficulties. But God, I know that your word says we're to carry our cross as Christians. We're to bear our cross and still help other people. Just help us to do that as a church, Lord. Help us to come together and lend a helping hand to those that are around us and to those in our community. We just thank you this morning for this message of humility. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to pass the elements now.